Welcome to another episode of the How to Save the World podcast, where we take a deep dive into the academic research and behavioral science of what really gets people to take pro-environmental action and behavior. I'm your host, Katie Patrick. I'm an environmental engineer and a designer based in Silicon Valley, California, and I'm the author of the book, How to Save the World. If you haven't already, sign up to my website at katiepatrick.com to get more free resources about how you can use gamification and behavior design to get your community to zero emissions and make it fun like a game. Let me ask you this. Why do we need to worry about the behavioral psychology of human action or any individual person's action when what we really need to do is change the system? This is the question I get asked over and over and over again. Of all the questions that people ask me, this one question probably accounts for 7 out of 10 of any question anybody ever asks me at all. And because I get asked it so much, I've really had to drill down into what this question means and how to pair apart the taxonomy of how to intellectually dissect the question, because there's no easy answer. And even when I ask this question of the academic guests who actually study the behavioral psychology and the social science of change, nobody ever really gives me a succinct ball in the whole answer that covers all bases for everything. It's so multidimensional. It's actually a very difficult question to answer as comprehensively as I think people might like. And on this podcast, I'm going to be recording a series of segments that dive into this question and answer the different branches of concepts that help make sense of this big and complicated question. And today, the topic of the individual versus systems action debate that I wanted to dive into is this error in our thought that there is only these two types of things or these two types of actions. There is your individual action over here. And that only consists of little things like using a reusable straw or riding a bicycle or composting. They're these lifestyle behaviors. People tend to think of those type of things when they're thinking under this umbrella of individual action. And then you've got the system, which usually means what the government is doing in terms of legislation or economic incentives or just outlawing something completely to make sure that everybody and every corporation and every government department is all doing the thing that we need to do. And what I want to dive into in one aspect of the era of this type of thinking is what is individual action? Is individual action just riding a bike and composting? Individuals can do a lot of different things. And one of the things I always say when people ask me this question is I come from the point of view that all change is behavior change. Behavior change isn't just turning off a light because all change requires a human being to do a thing at any level of influence at the very top of the most influential society to the least influential people in society. It all requires humans often working in complex groups and structures to do something. Change doesn't happen if humans don't do anything differently. So for humans to do something that is essentially a behavior, or it could be a behavior rolled out over many years of a person's life, perhaps we wouldn't call that a behavior. We might call that a project or a goal or a mission, but that still consists of many small behaviors that have to happen every day in that multi-year goal. 
So if in order to change across thousands or millions of people at a cultural level, at an individual level, at a systems level, at all the levels, people have to do stuff, which is why we study behavioral and environmental psychology to figure out how to psychologically tap into people to get them to do stuff. So let's break apart this concept of what the individual action is. I just put out a blog and an Instagram post on the five different types of individual action. And when you look through these five different types of individual action, the actual question of individual action versus systems change actually melts away because you can see how many types of individual actions are there to influence the system. And to help answer this question, I've identified these five different types of individual action, which may only influence your own environmental footprint in your own home, or they may affect entire systems of people at varying degrees. And I found this categorization to be enormously helpful in understanding where behavioral and human psychology fits in our drive towards achieving systems change. The first one is daily reoccurring habits and behaviors. So this is a daily practice that you'll need to maintain for life and you'll need to do every day. This is composting, eating less meat, growing your own food, using less heating and air conditioning, buying less food that is packaged in plastic, riding your bike, flying less, buying secondhand, all of these top 10 green tips, general lifestyle behaviors that if you're going to be an environmentally conscientious person living with a smaller than average environmental footprint, you will need to practice all of these behaviors every single day. And even if you do believe that individual action only makes a small impact in the world and you ultimately need systems change, you all got to do this stuff anyway. Do you want the system to change and all the carbon emissions and all the plastic to go from the system and you'll still be out there being like, my individual actions don't matter. We all still got to do this stuff. But there is a category of pro-environmental action that is in the everyday habit space, all those type of things. And there is no way to get them out of the everyday habit space. Making sure you're composting and buying less plastic, that is always going to be an everyday habit that you'll have to maintain for life. And where this categorization of these five different types of individual actions really will be helpful for you to understand this question is because you can start to see how much people get muddled up with the various different types of actions and they conflate something that might have a really big impact with something that might have a really tiny impact. <laughs> like they'll take something like recycling plastic, which we all know is a total sham, or using a straw differently, or something, you know, just like really, really small, buying a slightly more eco pair of shoes with somebody who devotes five years of their life to trying to master a particular part of climate law or building a particular movement or setting up a startup or all of the enormous varying things that we can do to make change. So let's put all of those day-to-day -day habits in that one branch. The second one is big ticket once off changes. These are things that need a major investment or an installation that you really only ever need to do once. This is getting rid of your combustion engine car and switching to an EV. This is putting insulation in your house, planting a fruit tree or many fruit trees, installing a raised vegetable garden bed, setting up a grey water system, installing solar, getting your house off natural gas. Maybe replanting an entire property into a forest again. And it would be ridiculous to try to conflate something like foregoing a single can of Coke to reduce your environmental impact with something really major like planting a food forest or setting up a grey water system or installing solar or these big one-off changes. 
And that's when people get a bit muddled up. They're like, oh, but aren't some of these changes kind of important that you need to like go solar? Because we can poo-poo switching the light off. Telling people to flush the toilet less and switch the light off is just so dumb when you can do big things. Oh, but I suppose I suppose switching to, to an EV and getting getting solar is kind of kind of important. Let's put these things in different categories. The once-off big changes matter and they make a big impact. And they are firmly in the individual action camp. You can put a whole lot of government incentives together. You can put a program together to help market to people. But no matter how much support you've got from the system, those individual people, they still need to sign up for the call and actually do the actions. So this is a very important place where we need to leverage individual behavioral psychology to essentially sell people on these big upgrades to their homes and their properties and their lifestyle. Now, the third branch that people don't really think of necessarily as a behavior, which is vastly under-discussed as probably the biggest impact you can ever make, which is the mastery in your career. This is a decades-long commitment to mastering a solution or an invention or an area of expertise. It's how you contribute to the earth and the climate over years and years and years of work. This is your individual behavior. We don't tend to think of it as individual behavior, but encouraging people to pursue a career-long level of mastery of climate and environment and sustainability, where they're able to make a really profound impact over 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, this is the real power that we can have. The individual action stuff, I mean, that's easy. We're all doing that back in our baby steps. But this is how can you have influence at work? How can you design a new product? What type of research are you doing? What is your professional expertise? Are you teaching these advanced skills to new people in the industry? Are you doing a startup that's doing something really new and really innovative? Or inventing a new technology? Each person individually has to take action to make their career and their impact really happen. The impact that we can have over our career is enormously elastic. You can get a really boring, ordinary, ineffective sustainability manager or not-for-profit job that's connected to environment and not really push anything further, not really do anything new, not really change anything. Or you can become immensely passionate, break boundaries, do things that haven't been done before, solve problems, spend your decades of your career in this space just changing a whole bunch of amazing stuff, like really, really mastering it, like an Olympic athlete master something or a chess champion master something. Reach into that. That's something I'm really passionate about trying to hatch open in people is that this isn't just some like boring job where we need to tell everybody they're doing bad for the planet. We need to hatch open our own art and mastery and obsession with becoming like really good at something and solving these fascinating problems. And that, in my perspective, is a type of individual action. The level of intellectual and emotional and spiritual energy I put in my mastery every day, that is my own individual action. The fourth branch is political engagement. If you are a legal or a policy person professionally, then the last branch, which was career mastery and political engagement, may be much of the same thing. But for many of us, the political engagement is something voluntary that we do for our own type of activism. So this is getting involved in any kind of civic and government decision making. It could be writing letters. It could be joining a local committee. You might support some local policy groups. Sometimes citizens or professionals get together to advise on different policies or ordinances. They're getting passed through city government. 
and you can attend town meetings. The modern democracies that we live in are designed to be changed by the people. It's an organism. It's a Lego kit that has mechanisms for people getting together into groups, influencing policy, influencing council members, senators, politicians, heads of government, and advocating for the change that they want. The path is laid out there in government. You just need to get on the path, meet all the people, and then start doing it for people, residents in communities to start taking this political action in their own communities. That is them taking individual action. It is taking an individual action of turning up to the meeting, of joining the committee, of writing the letter, of calling up all your friends and trying to get them to be on it too. That's an individual action. And honestly, it's taken me 20 years of being in this space until I started getting more serious about actually trying to get into the local government and seeing what I could do. Crazy, right? And you could even extend from this in terms of people's workplaces. Are you able to get groups of people together in your workplace to also advocate for some sort of politically led change that inevitably does change the system? But the work we have to do to actually make those government led changes, each one of us has to get up every day and take that individual action. And we can design for this using behavioral psychology design. And the last branch, the fifth branch of the different types of individual action is social influence. This is sharing ideas and content and solutions with people around you. This could be starting a sustainability club at work and once a week having lunch and discussing what you're doing to become more green. It could be starting a club in your local community. It can be social media content. Some people are great at doing Instagram stories and reels and videos about all the things that they're doing to go green. That is a type of social influence. You could be actively helping friends and neighbors, helping teach people how to garden. If you've installed solar or gray water in your home, you can teach other people in your community how to do it. You could host events at your home or at your school or at your library to try and teach people. And some people are just absolutely natural social hubs and networkers. You know those people that always host the events, they bring people together around a common cause, they love to post on social media, they love to meet people. This is a type of individual action where people are changing the system by building mechanisms of social diffusion, bringing people together, bringing people together around a common vision, around a common culture of sustainability, about a new kind of pro-environmental ideology, is making the eco-friendly world the norm and making the not eco-friendly world not the norm, the olden days, the ways that we don't do it anymore. And all social movements and all tipping points come from small groups of people getting to know each other, building these social networks, influencing each other socially. So the old norm gets kicked out. Like remember when everybody used plastic bags all the time and now like depending on where you live, like you don't see them anymore. The old way got kicked out. Now we have the new way. There are a lot of old ways that have been kicked out of a lot of societies around the world over the last 50 years. Think of fur, for example, cigarette smoking, hitting your kids. There are so many examples of things that were completely normal, public, commonplace that are now absolutely unacceptable. And so when people are taking their individual action to go and meet people and post on Instagram and make YouTube videos and host parties and do that kind of social influence work, they are shifting the culture. They are shifting the tipping point. So when it comes time to get a potentially controversial bit of public policy through, it is that social wave that is going to enable that policy to come through. 
So don't ever like look down and sort of poo-poo the people that just like have events and like post on Instagram a lot. Sometimes, you know, some people say about other people, oh, you're not really doing anything. You just post on Instagram. That's not like real activism. It's just like clicktivism or whatever, or it's just an event of like preaching to the converted. All this social influence still matters. And it's all working in concert with building the social momentum that will enable, that will allow, that will clear the path. It will clear the path for these bigger, more significant system-wide changes to happen. Big, government-led, expensive changes that push millions of people to do something differently, they only happen on the back of a population that is psychologically ready to accept them. This is where you link together the small individual actions, the top 10 green tip stuff, the big actions, the policy actions, the mastery, the social influence, where it all comes together. The culture has to psychologically shift. And then the major systems-wide changes will ride, will almost like surf the wave of that social shift. There is no systems change without loads of individual and social influence types of individual actions. No one will let it through. They just won't let it pass. They won't be ready for it. And that is why so much amazing progressive environmental and climate policy has been shot down over and over and over again. And then one year it just gets through because the society was ready for it. So next time you think about individual action versus systems level change, remember all systems level change requires a human to do some kind of action or behavior, whether it affects the system or whether it doesn't. It still affects the system, whether it's directly or indirectly, and we can break down all types of human behavior into five different types of actions. Daily recurring habits, big ticket once-off changes, lifelong career mastery, your political engagement, and your social influence. If you'd like to see this all explained on the Instagram post, it's there on my Instagram at katiepatrickhello. Please do share it with your friends. Take a screen grab of the episode. Tell me what you think is the most interesting about this, the way I've described this today. This is not the complete comprehensive answer to the individual versus system debate, but it's too big to probably do in one podcast. So breaking it up, it's one feature of this complex topic. Send me a DM on LinkedIn or on Instagram about any questions that you have or any ways of maybe asking the question a little bit differently to the way it's usually asked. If there's a nuance to the question, I will answer it in this new series I'm doing on individual action versus systems change. As always, if you love the podcast, you can leave up to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or write something nice about the podcast. And you can take a deep dive into the behavioral science and design theory if you sign up to the podcast's Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Katie Patrick. This podcast is supported by the people who donate to the Patreon and enjoy diving in into all of this crazy and complex data and behavioral science that we love to explore. Thanks for listening. I hope to hear your thoughts and comments and I'll see you next week.